Welcome back to the Freedom Warrior Podcast. My name is Derek, as always. Ahead on the program today, it will be a little shorter than usual. There's only so much talk I can handle when it comes to media bias uh, in one session. It's almost getting to a point where it just drives you nuts just to see how obvious they are with their smearing, their their smear campaigns, their blatant disregard for all of the facts, which kind of goes back to the uh, Kellyanne Conway interview question where they asked her what she meant by alternative facts. I'll tell you what she meant by alternative facts. She meant that you don't provide all of the facts and there are alternatives to the cherry-picked facts that you're providing, media. Uh, So, what on earth is happening in our country in regards to jumping to conclusions? I believe social media has a big factor in this, but people need to rewatch Office Space. It seems like every media and social media activist must have kickstarted the jumping to conclusions, Matt, because they cannot stop doing it. And uh, jumping right in. Media blunders, that's the theme of this program today. Media blunders, fake news, whatever you want to call it. They just keep stepping on it. The the, the manure, the, the rake, it keeps within seconds. It is coming back to hit them in the face, and they cannot stop doing it. They look at a rake on the ground, and they jump right onto it because they think the short-term gain of just damaging Donald Trump or conservatives or just you know, deplorables in general, is worth it, even if the story completely turns out to be the opposite. Uh, And that is the case with just last week with BuzzFeed, or earlier uh, in the week, I should say, BuzzFeed got dunked on by the Mueller team and the rest of the media outlets out there that actually have, you know, any credibility uh, when they, they ran a report that said Trump ordered his old lawyer, Cohen, to lie to the special counsel in regards to a possible Trump Tower project in Moscow. And even after getting debunked by the Mueller team itself, they refused to admit to the lies. They just doubled down on it. They don't care. And we're in an era where it doesn't even matter what they say. Lies will circulate just as well as any truth will. And really... Who can blame them if there's that much potency to lying and so much, you know, uh, weight behind their lies? They are enabled through other social media platforms running with it. And then all of the other stories that, you know, spawn from that initial story. So if BuzzFeed says something outrageous, the entire news media complex all jumps in head first saying... You know, well, according to BuzzFeed, and then they always say, if true, so it, it enables them to just kind of jump into the, the, the pool, and they can always hop out if BuzzFeed gets caught, like they did this time. And, you know, they, re- they might issue some soft retraction, but not really a retraction. They always uh, soften it. It's never as, you know, sensational as their initial story was in the moment when they were trying to make hay. So... There's the the BuzzFeed story. That's just one. How about we go a little deeper into their media bias and blunders this week? Uh, Over the weekend, there was the March for Life, which 
they didn't cover. I mean, they just didn't cover it. It's a march, which is estimated to be over 100,000 people here in D.C. And I, I remember specifically reading one mainstream media outlet. I don't even want to give them a click or a name. Uh, I'll just say it's a major one who said that the march had over a thousand participants, over a thousand participants. That's like if a Michigan Wolverines football game, college football game, the biggest stadium in the, in the country, if they had over, it'd be like watching a full stadium there, which is a hundred and like 10,000 and saying there are over a thousand people in Michigan uh, stadium in the big house. A thousand people. A thousand people are how many people show up to a WNBA game. You're telling me you can't differentiate between a thousand and a hundred thousand? Even Trump, when he sensationalized his uh, inauguration uh, numbers, were nowhere near that far off. I mean, that's just blatantly off. You are just trying to diminish the the weight and power behind that movement, and it's obvious. It's obvious because you don't cover it. You don't cover it at all. It's the biggest thing happening in D.C. It was here, uh, I believe it was on Friday. I believe it was Friday, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, the one thing that they were able to uh, cover was not that. I assure you that if a 100 pink hat-wearing feminists showed up at the steps of the Supreme Court, they would be there with cameras already, like waiting for them. Because that's what they do. For a hundred people, they'll they'll fluff those numbers up. If there were five people uh, complaining and at the border about Donald Trump, they would you. I guarantee you, a camera would be there. You couldn't get a camera there quick enough. CNN would have them going through, uh, you know, the Express TSA line if it's uh, open after the shutdown. But either way, they would have them there. They would charter a private flight to get them in of camera in front of that person. But they can't cover a, a march of 100,000 people because it's a pro-life march. And that's really what it boils down to. Um, I mean, how can an entire media industry simultaneously neglect to cover such a huge march? But they have such a hair trigger when it comes to even the slightest provocative story that has absolutely no credibility or weight or um, authenticity. They can just run with that and then covered up after the fact uh at that same march the one thing as i mentioned they did manage to cover was the covington kids because for about one second there on friday or saturday whatever day it was they thought they were onto something and again the rake syndrome where they step on the rake and it immediately comes back to bite them uh it, it was in full effect so this is one of the more egregious examples of media bias and weaponization that I've ever seen. It, it it was kind of a hybrid of all of those just epic social media backlash moments, but it ended up being completely fake, which that's what that's what differentiated this here. And also it involved children, innocent children who were not guilty of anything. Uh, being conservative or being Catholic, I suppose. That's what they're guilty of. But in this case, they jumped on it so fast, and all of these factors uh, combined to make such, this event what it was and, and the, the narrative that followed and the fallout that followed. Uh, so if you're not familiar, basically these 
students for uh, at Covington Catholic, a bunch of MAGA hat-wearing uh, Catholic kids, were at the March for Life rally in D.C., one of a hundred and some thousand people there. And a activist, a Native American activist, uh, I think his name's Nathan something. Anyways, doesn't matter what the heck his name is. Guy came up and started beating drums in their face and, uh, you know, getting getting right up in their face. Well, the camera wasn't really rolling or the clip that was sent to the media uh, wasn't rolling until the kids were there just standing their ground, grinning in the face of the person who's trying to antagonize them and harass them. Uh, so basically the narrative went that these are a bunch of racist uh, MAGA hat-wearing kids who were out you know, yelling uh, racist profanities and ex- uh, expletives towards a minority group. Well, that's that narrative lasted not that long at all. Um, so, at this point, Covington Catholic is now a smear. I mean, they are that to put that on your resume is going to permanently be uh, tarnished. Uh, this is reminds me a lot of the Duke lacrosse case, except at least in the Duke lacrosse case, you could make an argument that it was, you know, there were severe charges that had to be investigated. Uh, you can't just throw those out. But in this case, these kids did nothing wrong. And the social media uh, and, and even mainstream media all latched onto this and started condemning them. Not just them, uh, of course, blue check mark uh, Twitter celebrities and you know how it always goes. So all of them started rushing to judgment, and within minutes, the the reputations of these kids were ruined for the foreseeable future. Uh, the the rush to judgment was a bowling ball headed down the lane. These kids had no chance, and even after the truth came out, it didn't matter. The damage was done. That's why that's why this fake media stuff, fake news stuff, is so damaging, because the truth doesn't matter after the, you know tomorrow. The truth doesn't even matter three hours from now. The truth matters the moment you click the tweet, the initial tweet, the moment you run the initial story. So, you know, after the truth had emerged, the media, you know, ran a uh, narrative-first operation. I mean, they, they are are no longer in the waiting for the results, waiting for the facts era of news. That is, That type of journalism died at least in 2016, but I saw the... the you know, the fabric was fraying long before then, but it certainly is no longer intact at this point. So here's a perfect example to show you just how ridiculous these media uh, outlets are. So USA Today, after all of the facts are out now, or at least most all of them, enough to like completely reverse the narrative on this. USA Today said that, quote, Over the weekend, competing narratives unfolded. Hours of cell phone footage from different sources was released, showing a fuller picture, unquote. So that's their response to, yeah, we kind of got it completely wrong, and these kids aren't racist uh, bigots who were out chasing minorities, yelling uh, expletives at them. So, yeah, sorry about that. Uh, These kids are actually completely innocent, and that kind of makes us horrible, horrible, evil people. But they won't say anything even close to that type of apology because why would they? Why the heck would they? They know they can get away with this. They know they can just do a little gloss it over. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I guess there's things, but that, yeah, fuller picture, okay, next story, please, um, that's, that's how it goes, I mean, competing narratives, these kids are completely innocent, there's nothing competing about it, the only competing narrative is the truth, and the media's insistence on pushing lies and smearing these kids for life, all in a roundabout way to attack Trump, I mean, the kids did have on MAGA hats, so, you know, there's that connection, so that's right, these deranged maniacs in the media are willing to destroy the lives of children if it gives them even one more clickbait article to attack the president and or conservatives. When the media outlets are on the attack, they use language like a disturbing viral video has emerged, or if true, this video, or according to so-and-so news outlet, fake news outlet, comma, and then insert lie, um, you know, once the negative story went viral, again, once it goes viral against a conservative and it grows legs, it enables the 24-7 news pundits to opine within a handful of hours, more damage is done than the truth could ever undo. And it's spread like a wildfire, even if it's fake. And it's not just that it, in this case it's egregious, but what if it's not, if it's more nuanced? It's not quite so black and white. Even when it's black and white like this, that they were just completely in the wrong, they still can't bring themselves to admit that they were completely wrong. Not just sort of wrong, entirely wrong. So you know when there's nuance to this that they're never going to come, you know, uh, come forward and be uh, forthright and honest about it. Of course not. So, anyways, uh, you know, a little follow-up on this. The Covington Catholic School had to close today because of the threats from deranged Democrats whose rage was ginned up by the Pravda media. And the media won't even cover the fact that the school had to close because of this. So these kids' lives were ruined. The, and the entire school had to close today because the media were running a campaign against these kids and the school, essentially. And probably Christianity more broadly, but I'll get to that in a minute. Um... The fact that these kids were approached first and kept their composure despite being antagonized and harassed is kind of a key detail. I mean, what makes the media fake is not what they won't cover or the stories that they refused or refuse to cover. Uh, I'm sorry. What makes the media fake is that they won't cover particular stories or that they refuse to cover them in full. To you know accurately cover this story, you would have to mention the full timeline. And all the key details. So the key, one of the big key details is, oh, these kids were harassed first, and these they did not go instigate this, and they didn't say anything back. The uh, fuller video showed everything. Um, and then also the fallout after the fake news story. That's sort of a huge detail as well. The fact that the school is closed. The fact that these kids' lives are being ruined all over this. The fact that there's lawsuits pending against major news outlets, like I believe the New York Times, maybe USA Today. Yeah, that's a big deal. Um, and then, how about the Karen Pence story earlier in the week? Speaking of attacks on Christianity, uh, I won't go into this long, but the media immediately began attacking Karen uh, Pence for taking a job at a Christian school as an art teacher. Almost every story was framed in a way to spotlight how the school doesn't allow gays or is bigoted or homophobic, this and that. If that's the only conclusion you come to when a person begins working at a biblical school, I don't know what to even tell you. In related news, Christians condemn Tinder and excessive drinking. I mean, what what do you expect is going to happen at a Christian school? 
I mean, do you notice the theme with all of these stories and these media gaffes? All of them, almost all of them involve attacking conservatives or Christianity. So don't tell me these, these news outlets are, you know, down the line and, and they're fair and they're balanced and whatnot. They're not. Not even close. They jumped at the opportunity to attack Karen Pence for Christianity. They are drooling at the opportunity to attack some innocent kids based on some viral video that wasn't even the whole picture. They were eager to show anything other than the March for Life itself. The one story that they found time for was a fake one, one that may get them in trouble, legally speaking, and hopefully so. Uh, Next up, second and third order effects. So a story on the Wall Street Journal today brought up a great example of why second and third order effects can be so dangerous. What are second and third order effects? Well, essentially it's just the good idea fairy lands on your shoulder and you think, oh, I've got to do this. And then you don't anticipate the, you know, the effects of that decision. Uh, You don't properly vet all possible outcomes. You don't properly analyze all the variables uh you don't take everything into account and then the second and third order effects take place well in the case uh on the wall street journal article los angeles reduced the number of traffic lanes to make way for bike lanes and their reason was to make it more green and to eliminate traffic uh, fatalities in the city by 2025 the initiative is called Vision Zero, which is appropriate because they obviously couldn't see the second and third order effects of this plan. The plan focused on reducing four lanes to two for uh, about a one mile stretch, roughly. Uh, And then it separated, it added bike lanes separated from traffic by parking buffers. And this project is part of uh, Mayor Eric Garcetti's Vision Zero initiative. Uh, the, the initiative was started, by the way, in Sweden in the 1990s, which is uh, fascinating that the Dems always are importing Swedish policy for some reason. I don't know why. I can't quite tell. Uh, but anyways, uh, what is the result? What are the second and third order effects of this plan? Well, the results are in. I love my favorite Results are in. Our our Democrat policy results are in. I, I, you know, like the old, you are not the father. The results are in. You are not the father. In this case, conservatives, like nine out of ten times, are the dancing dad who isn't the father. Because it's like, I told you so. I told you your policies are stupid. I told you this was the dumbest idea ever. And in, instead, uh, what do we have now? It's hard to celebrate in such a uh, grim uh scenario here uh we're talking about pedestrian deaths having nearly doubled uh from 74 in 2015 to 135 in 2017 the last year that data was available uh so after years of improvement los angeles again has the world's worst traffic the world's worst traffic think about that for a minute i mean that is horrible that is just mismanagement and uh that's according, by the way, to the transportation research firm Inrix. And also miles of idling in vehicles in gridlock have reduced air quality to 1980 levels in Los Angeles. So increased smog, more pedestrian fatalities, and worse traffic. 
So, basically, they made everything worse. Because the good idea was up front. It was the shiny object. It was the short-term looking down to your shoelaces, not looking out at the horizon. It was just looking down at the shoelaces, and that was uh, that was their solution. Was, let's get rid of, you know, an extra two lanes of traffic and make way for bikes. <laughs> well, that... It, how could you who could have ever imagined that reducing LA traffic down to two lanes or down reducing it uh, two lanes would cause uh, an influx in traffic or you know possibly cause uh, a lot of people slamming on brakes not paying attention running into pedestrians and whatnot uh, it's it's failing in every measurable uh, way I don't and this this is nothing new with uh, with short-sighted Democrat policies. So whenever you see policies that they push out, always look at the second and third order effects. They don't ever look at them, or they frequently don't look at the right ones to account for what could possibly happen. And that's why they're dumb. I mean, I'm not saying all of them, but the ones that implement policies like this, the ones that are voting for the Philly soda tax and the 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 vision or the I'm sorry the the vision zero initiative in in Los Angeles and elsewhere so many of these policies are idealistic at best and you know idiotic you know at face value I would a toddler could figure this out I mean I don't know what these people how they're so blinded by idealism but on to the quote of the day, and I will put a bow on this episode of the Freedom Warrior Podcast. This one coming at you from George Orwell. Every generation imagined itself to be more intelligent than the one that went before it, and wiser than the one that comes after it. Well, of course, we're living with geniuses who know better than everybody who's ever lived. What else can you say? All right, well, that concludes this episode. I, again, appreciate you tuning in, and have a fantastic rest of your Tuesday.